welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with an album review. You know, you guys may have noticed that I shortened the intro on the show. That's because I shortened it. It was kind of long and obnoxious, and I thought, you know, this just goes on way too long. Uh, the show's been on for years now, and uh, it's time to do a, a little refresh, but I still like the theme. I didn't want to write something new for it because I think the theme is still cool. It fits the show. It seems, you know, newsworthy editorial kind of thing. Uh, but I thought it was just excessively long. So I cut it down, remixed it, and uh, now you have a much shorter version. You get the flavor without having to, you know, chug down the whole meal. So that being said, we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I uh, have a wonderful relationship with my friends over at Cherry Red Records. And we talked about me doing a review of this album, and uh, I'm doing a review of this album on its release day. Congratulations, Ben Reed. I will have links in the show notes of where you can get it. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't know anything about Ben Reed. Never heard of him. Had no idea he existed until I got the notification from Cherry Red Records. So I decided to do this. Uh, I'll do the review but I don't know anything about him. I haven't looked him up. I haven't done any research. I don't even know what style of music this is yet. I thought it would be interesting to really give a just 100% absolute brand new fresh take with no research, no knowledge. This could be country. This could be rock and roll. This could be death metal. I have no idea what I'm getting into. And honestly, that's kind of fun for a change, right? Because most of the stuff that I review, I'm very familiar with. Um, every once in a while, like I'll, I'll do a review that's requested of me and I won't know much about it, but I'll, you know, do the research, put all the show notes together and then do the episode. And then I might add some different hashtags or things that come along uh, throughout the course of the episode. But, uh, this time I'm flying 100% blind, have not listened to a single song yet. There are 10 on this album called Bandaged. Again, out today. Today is the release date, which is why I've scheduled this episode to air today. Uh, normally, I do my reviews on Wednesday, but I've already got uh, things going there uh, that are recorded well in advance. And uh, Saturday is when I usually do the bonus episodes, but that's too late because today is release date. So uh, we're doing it today. I also have a new episode of Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast, out today as we're winding down the very last few episodes of the Celebration album. Uh, this is the second album that I've reviewed of re-recordings by the band of their own songs with different lineups. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Kind of sad that the show's winding down um, because I've been doing it for two and a half years, four episodes a week uh, with a couple of very short hiatuses. But hiatuses? Hiati? What would that be? Hiatuses, I guess. Um yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a little bit um, bittersweet, I guess, because I spent so much time and energy on the show, and um, I'm also, you know, there's so many other things I have going on that that time's already filled up. But uh, yeah, you know, two and a half years invested into a show, uh, what close to 400 episodes, I believe, um, a lot, a lot. So uh, go check those out. But the great thing about podcasts like this one, this episode, it's always going to be around. So even if you're brand new to the show, 10 years after the show stops producing new episodes, it's a brand new show to you. And you can still go back and listen to every one of those episodes. That's one of the many things I love. Unlike, you know, the old days when like news articles, if you didn't catch them in the paper, they were just gone. And that was it. Period. Boom. Uh, nowadays, things are, are uh, sustaining a much, much longer lifetime, so it can be enjoyed uh, by a lot more people. Speaking of enjoyment, let's get into today's album. So here's how I'm going to work this. 
I'm going to stop the recording. I'll listen to the whole song. I'll plug a snippet of the song into the podcast, and then I'll talk about the song. And so uh, everything you're getting is brand new, 100% fresh. I've just heard this for the first time review. Let's dig in. The first song is called Plea. have a ridiculous number of thoughts right now. Um, it's a it's a really amazing song, I have to say. So basically what you're hearing in the clip is the the basic part of the song, which will repeat. And then all these other uh, instrumentalists come in and jam over the top of it. Like there'll be drums and they'll come in and, and the drums are very supportive. Uh, the bass and the guitar are so tight. Love that combo sound. Um, very unique, but blends really well together. But it's just, you know, there's a saxophone that comes in and a flute and a, an organ and electric piano and all these different things that just come in. And it's like, almost like, um, imagine like a, a merry-go-round, like the original concept for Deep Purple, right? Roundabout. Like the song is just playing and people kind of just jump in and add to it and then they'll jump off and maybe they'll jump back on or maybe they'll just play throughout the whole thing. Um, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and then uh, it fades out. And I kind of like that it fades out instead of ends because I like the idea that this jam just went on and on and on. And after like four minutes, they're like, OK, I think that's all we want to use. But I feel like this jam could have gone on for 10, 15 minutes easily. Everybody was so uh, in sync with each other. Um it really was a, an amazing piece of music. I don't know how this would be categorized. I guess jazz fusion, maybe. Um, it did have a little bit of a Chick Corea feel to it, but uh, my limited knowledge of jazz fusion is mostly Chick Corea, Spirogyra, uh, maybe a couple other bands, Gamelon, um, for one. But um, yeah, this is this is a really interesting piece. I, I really like it. I love the blend of instruments. Considering how much is going on in this song, as an audio engineer, I can tell you this would be very difficult to mix and keep a balance of everything to where you can really hear everything cut through because it's not like they're just playing leads and melodies and harmonies. I mean, they're playing like solo stuff. So it's it was really a great balancing act from the engineer to keep this song uh, in place, uh, really, because there's just so much going on. Uh, very well done. Great use of the sound field and panning. Um, definitely a cool piece. I, I'm excited to get into the rest of this album and see what we've got going on. This was instrumental. Um, I don't know if there are any vocal songs on the album yet, because of course, I haven't listened to anything else yet. So that being said, song one, thumbs up right off the bat. Let's get into song two. This one is called Tale of Cleopatra.
I got to say, wow, it's a really cool song. Funny thing I just said, you know, and, and this happens to me all the time uh, when I'm reviewing something I've never heard before. It's like I say something like, I don't know if there's going to be vocals on this album, and then the very next song has vocals. It's like I know, uh, but I don't because I've never heard this. Anyway, a uh, really cool song. First thing that, that you know, strikes me, and I kind of noticed this a little bit with the first one, but I wasn't really sure because I didn't have another sample uh, yet. But uh, I love the, you know, the, the 60s sound of this, uh, the crispness of the hi-hats, the, the mellowness of the toms, the electric piano, which you really don't hear that much anymore. That might be a synth. I'm not sure. Um, but but just that repeating um, sequence there. Um, I love the blend of that. I love the syncopation of it. Um, that's really sort of uh, mesmerizing, I think would be the right word uh, for me. Um, something I, I can just like get really lost. And even if there was no lyrics, I think I could just get lost in this music and really it just submerge myself in it and enjoy it fully because it's really good. It is kind of repetitive. It is a bit longer of a song. We're looking at seven and a quarter minutes here. Um, I don't know all the words, but it, I, I really feel like it could have been condensed down. I'm not sure why they kept it this long, um, but it's really enjoyable. Even at, even at that length, it's, it's pretty enjoyable. I would say like maybe shave a minute off of it um, would be a little bit better for me. But if you're going back to like this era, right, late 60s or so, it wouldn't have been uncommon to have an album track that was this long and, and you know, it had, had it has a lot going on in it. Um, in some ways, it seems pretty straightforward, but it does have a lot going on. I love the sound. It does feel almost uh, Zappa-esque, I want to say, too, in, in some parts. Not so much musically, maybe more like the vocals feel like they're part of a bigger theatrical production. But either way, yeah, this is a cool song. Um, two songs in, digging this album so far. And uh, boy, I might, I might have found a new artist I'm going to have to dig more into. So we'll see as we go on through this. Our next song, uh, song three, is called Tangled Branches. Interesting title. really appreciate the gentleness of this song, both in the piano performance and the vocal especially. Um, this song does feature a flute, which normally I hate uh, the sound of the flute because its frequencies are just ear piercing, but this is very well mixed. Um, it's not annoying at all. In fact, it's very beautiful the way it follows the lyric especially. Um, takes over for the lyric at some points and then follows the lyric uh, as it goes later on in the song. Really beautiful, though. I, I love the mellowness of it. Um, piano is, again, a, a very harsh instrument. The attack, that strike of uh, the hammers, um, usually has a very harsh attack, but this is very gentle playing. 
Um, again, very like mesmerizing, very entrancing. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, again, had no idea what to expect going into this album. Um, three songs in, I'm really digging what I'm hearing. This isn't an album um, so far that I think often I would say, God, I've got to listen to this today. But it's an album I would love to just have on and fill the house with this music because it's not distracting. It's very enjoyable. It's something you can just, you know, go on the ride with and uh, and just take the journey and not have to think too much about it, not have to, uh, you know, get ready for a booming chorus or a killer solo or anything like that. Like you can just enjoy it and let it fill your house. That's what I'm feeling three songs in. Let's go to song four. Uh, wow. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, the most intriguing title we had, I thought Tangled Branches was intriguing. No arms, no legs, no body at all. If there is a song that sums up what I think astral projection would be like, this is probably it. Um, It feels like it's connected, but also there's an element of it that's disconnected at the same time. That um, that synth that's over the top that follows the melody really feels like it's disembodied. I mean, it's it's a slightly creepy sound, a little bit of a sad melody in a way. But also it feels like it's just like hovering above the rest of the song, almost like I would think astral projection would be. Uh, I'm not going to debate whether that's real or not, because I have no idea. Uh, As far as I know, I've never done it. So uh, that's that. But uh, what a beautiful song. And then underneath of that, there is a very throaty and and gently placed synthesizer, um, really low tone. You really hear it um, just creeping through in bits and some slightly uncomfortable frequencies coming through. And then at the very end, uh, where it's kind of the last instrument to fade out um, on, on top of that, you've got the bass, you've got the guitar, um, really beautifully blended, excellently mixed. I, I, I'd say expertly, in fact. Um, beautiful balance. I've written a lot of instrumental music. I can say that this is a, a very, very well done song. Very repetitive, but I think that's kind of the the idea of it, you know, um, just that I, I'm just kind of floating here and and it works very, very well. By title, you know, no arms, no legs, no body at all. Uh, the first thing that came to mind was Metallica Song 1, which was, of course, inspired by Dalton Trumbo's book, Johnny Got His Gun. 
fantastic book, uh, very powerful. Uh, Metallica brought that back into the world. It was made into a movie at one point. Uh, Dalton was known for uh, being blacklisted because he was so controversial. Uh, and certainly this book was no different. But I uh, did have the pleasure of reading the book and seeing the movie. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this song. But that just came to mind based on the title because it was about a guy who had been basically uh, blown into the most uh, minute form by a landmine. Uh, and was still alive, but he couldn't see, he couldn't speak. Um, really just uh, just kind of a, a shell of a human being, but his brain still functioned. Uh, he was still somewhat consciously aware. So it, you know, it, it kind of feels again like uh, this song, that idea of just like being so isolated. Um, yeah, fascinating, but it's, it's a beautiful piece of music, a little bit dark, and that's okay. I love that kind of stuff. Um, Thinking about a song like The Ringmaster's Dream from Patrick O'Hearn um, is kind of similar. It has like a little bit of a dark feel to it. Um, yeah, good stuff, though. I really like this. I, I would easily listen to this again. Um, this is a song that I could just, you know, lay back, put the headphones on and just kind of drift away with. And uh, and it went by fast. It's uh, just three minutes and 11 seconds, but it went by very quickly. It, it felt like far less time than that. So we'll see what uh, what song five brings us as we hit the halfway point of the album. This one is called Backwards Glance. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind off the title is a song I wrote called Looking Backwards, which is actually one of my favorite pieces of music that I've ever written. A similar mood in a way to No Arms, No Legs, No Body at All. It has a sort of chilly autumn feel to it, uh, maybe just to me because that's when I wrote it. But it's also kind of bathed in warm tones at the same time has just that that slight edge to it like no arms no legs no body did so let's find out what backwards glance is all about far away from today memories undimmed scattered to the wind you and i underline Actions play their part and ripple to the shore. Share a battle glance to a time we hold so dear. Old photos and souvenirs didn't turn out how we planned, but it looks like we're still here. The reason is crystal clear. Many plans. You know, they're really nailing it on on every song with that just hypnotic uh, notation. You know, it, it's just, it really draws me in every time. And, and I definitely am still feeling that 60s vibe. Um, really love that time in music too. You know, there was so many great songs. But this one, maybe it's more on the vocal side, uh, has an Alan Parsons feel to it. Um, it, it. Just songs that I can I could think of um, vocally sound very much like Alan Parsons. But this is just a, another really great mellow song. Again, another one that I would just be happy to have filling my home. And while I, you know, walk around and whether I'm cleaning or cooking or just, you know, organizing or whatever, this would just be a great album to be feeding through like the house speaker system or whatever. Uh, in my case, it would be earbuds as I walk around with my iPod in my pocket because I'm a little old school. <laughs> but that's just me. 
uh, no, really nice, gentle, enjoyable song. And, and it's amazing how consistent halfway through the album. Now we've got five songs that are very consistent. The last one was a little bit sadder, but all these songs fit very well together. I feel like this is a real package, not like a bunch of songs that were written and okay, now we have enough songs for an album. Let's put it out. I feel like there's a, a big consistency here, both in sound and style. And uh, I really like this. So, wow. Um, halfway through, I'm pretty happy with this artist who I'd never heard of until very recently. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get to the rest of the songs. Um, another intriguing title here for song number six. It's called I've Got Chains. There's really two different songs here in this track. Um, there's the one that you're hearing now, which is this sort of, um, you know, sort of upbeat, jazzy, aggressive, almost uh, King Crimson-like, or, or maybe yes. Um, again, the return of that one synthesizer sound that we've been hearing. Um, really great drum sounds. I love what they captured here. Um, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And then it just changes, and we've got vocals, and we've got this very repetitive. Um, I don't know how to describe it. I, I hate to keep using the word hypnotic, but it, it really is. It's very repetitive, not quite monotone, but, but almost, um, I, it's, it's funny because Devo popped up on my YouTube er, earlier this morning and I was thinking, you know, who, who said, let's have a band and let's be as little, as human as we can and as much robot as we can. And that will be our band. And that's really what it felt like because they were playing satisfaction. And um, I kind of feel like that with, with this vocal, it, it's very, um, very matter of fact and not excited, not depressed, not angry, you know, anything. It's, it's just very straightforward and uh, almost in an eighties kind of way. But it's it's fun. And then it has this weird slowing down effect that I, I'm going to have to listen back to this a few times and see if I can understand what it's doing, because I don't think it's slowing down. I didn't you know, I wasn't uh, clicking my hands or anything to a metronome, but um, it felt like it was slowing down, but I don't think it was. So I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and, and listen because it was very interesting. But it's a cool song, but it's it's two very separate songs. I would have liked to have seen where this first song would have gone as a full-on instrumental. Um, I think could have been really cool with like, you know, solos and a couple of changes. Um, and I also would have liked to have seen the second song as an individual song. But the two together are what we've got for um, I've Got Chains. And uh, it's cool. 
yeah, it's a cool song. If you if you like this kind of stuff, it's like um, boy, Genesis. I think would be another uh, comparison. Some of their stuff from the seventies, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm definitely feeling some yes. Um, but all, all, you know, I, I mean that in the most complimentary of ways, all the stuff that I like about those bands are the things that I'm hearing in this album. So, uh, very great stuff. Ben Reed, uh, I'm a fan six songs in, I, I have to say, I'm looking forward to hearing more of your stuff, but we're not done with this album. We still got four songs to go. Song seven is called everything that matters. Another very, very well-constructed and uh, nice, gentle song. I, I really love just the gentleness in the vocals and that just, you know, with the, the way that the piano and the guitar are played on this album just works so well because nothing has like a hard strike. There's no hard strike in the piano, no really hard strummer or note picks on the guitar. Everything's just got a really gentle, mellow flow to it. Um, this one is very Elvis Costello for me. Uh, really think that this is a song uh, he w- would fit on one of his albums, which uh, again, I-, I mean, with the the greatest of compliments. Uh, he's, a, he's a very talented artist and uh, has that same kind of voice when he wants to, doesn't always use it, but uh, very often he'll do that um, sort of mellow, gentle voice as well. Um, this is, a, it, it, it kind of feels also, I guess maybe King Crimson-ish with some of their stuff that's a little bit more jazzy, um, not in an aggressive, uh, you know, jazz way, but just has that little bit of kick to it, um, but still stays in that mellow realm. So, uh, yeah, another another really good song. Wow, I'm I am digging this album. You know, and people ask me all the time when I'm doing reviews because I've been asked or partnered with somebody to do them. Like, let's say with uh, Uriah Heep, the Magicians Podcast, I'm endorsed by the band. I get asked a lot. Do I feel a responsibility to say good things? because of that relationship or like with these reviews that I do with Cherry Red Records, do I feel an obligation to, you know, represent it a certain way? Absolutely not. You know, and I've told them, look, if I don't like it, I'm going to say I don't like it. And that's that. And there's been times when I've reviewed things where I'll say, I'm not a fan of this mix, or I think this is too loud, or I really don't like that. Um, You know, my reviews are very honest. And I think that's one of the things that people appreciate about the way that I present my feelings about the songs and and the albums and the projects that I review. Um, You know, with some things like when we did that Three's Company episode, that was just a lot of fun. I mean, what a great episode. Um, I still had things about it where I was like, I don't know about this. This could be tighter or whatever, but it's always, you know, in hindsight, easy to say, especially in a show that's like 30 plus years old. 
Um, but this feels very 60s to me. I uh, really love the the sound and, and uh, the recording, the production. Everything about this is just making me happy. So let's see if the last three songs on the album can do it. This next one is called Dwindled. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but I mean, these songs kind of represent themselves very much in the same way. Um, You know, very mellow, very uh, hypnotic, something that you can just get lost in. Um, The guitar picking on this, again, very nice. It's I have to wonder if it was maybe played with fingers and not a pick because nothing seems to have like that edge of, uh, you know, the, the, the strum of a pick is a lot harsher than played with a finger. So I have to wonder if it wasn't done that way. Um, If it was with a pick, maybe a softer pick. I don't know. I'm not a guitar player. I do see a little, I'll see, I do hear a little bit of flange in there. Uh, Very nice touch, just minimal, you know, something to just give it a little bit of ethereal feeling to it. But uh, again, yeah, nice, lovely instrumental. Um, Another one I'd just be happy to put my headphones on and and drift away with um, as, as with the rest of this album. So down to our last two songs, we're down to uh, song nine, and it's called Chapter of Risk. Back in your room. an interesting song again it kind of goes back to that you know light jazzy or maybe almost nightclub feel maybe that's the word i've been searching for is that nightclub uh sound like the little jazz club i don't know it, it's so hard for me to define this because I, I i i don't know exactly how to explain it all i can say is i'm enjoying the hell out of this album um this one does get a little weird towards the end we do get some uh inflections of no arms no legs no body uh with a little bit of that darkness in there and I'm kind of wondering if this might be a concept album. Um again I'm not looking at any of the lyrics I'm just listening to this uh first time and giving you the the musical impression. 
um, of what I'm hearing, but uh, I am kind of wondering that. I, I have noticed it does get a little bit repetitive here and there, especially with the vocals just kind of repeating themselves. Um, but, you know, even though, and I'm hearing that musically in parts too, but even though I, I don't feel like it's boring or I don't feel like, okay, we need to move on to something else. Like, I, I really feel like um, maybe with the exception of Tale of Cleopatra, which I think was, you know, a very long song and, and very repetitive, um, but I still liked it. Um, I, I, I don't feel bored. I don't feel like annoyed. Okay. I've heard this. Let's move on to something else. Um, it's, it's just a very gentle, nice flowy album, really digging it. So we got one more track and, um, maybe this is back on the, uh, the happy note. It's called smiling. Well, I'll say this. If this is not a concept album, this really feels like uh, the perfect album ender. It feels like a show ender, too. Like this would be, you know, the last song played maybe before the curtain call or or even during. Um, it feels like it wraps everything up nicely. All the instruments make a return. The flute comes back. Um, we have some really nice slide guitar on this album. Um, it, it's really a fascinating journey, this whole thing. I really like this song. Uh, even though it's six, almost six and a half minutes, the song does not feel that long at all. Uh, it goes very quickly. It's a great journey. And uh, the only thing I didn't like was I thought the uh, ride cymbal was a little bit loud, but I don't think it's a ride cymbal. I think he's playing um, like a, maybe a smaller cymbal with a large bell, um, maybe like the bell of a splash or something. I'm not sure, but it didn't it didn't quite sound like a, a typical ride symbol. Uh, in any case, fantastic song, fantastic album. I'm going to have to dig into Ben Reed a little bit more and find out what else he's done. Um, I know that uh, I, I was looking towards the end of this while I was listening to the song, looking at the uh, lead sheet, and he has worked with some pretty cool people. Um, but, you know, all that information is out there. I'm going to let you guys dig on your own and learn about him. I really wanted to present the music to you, which is what I've done here. And I think this is a fantastic album. Home run uh, for me. This is the kind of stuff I, I really enjoy listening to. It it kind of bridges the gap between like jazz fusion and new age and the kind of prog rock that I like. Uh, thinking about bands like King Crimson, some of the Yes stuff, um, some uh, Emerson Lake Palmer without that, you know, heavy technicality. But uh, just that great feeling and movement and syncopation. Really enjoyed this. Um, excellent. I can't recommend this album enough. If this, if any of those things are in your wheelhouse as a listener or you just want to try something different, this would be a great album to see uh, if, if you enjoy it to bridge the gap. If you like these sound clips, I highly encourage you to check out the whole album. Links are in the show notes. As I'm recording this, it's pretty early. I don't know um, where all it will be released. 
But at this moment, I know that the link to the Cherry Red Records site will be there where you could order it from them. Um, there may be multiple links if like album is one length, um, CD is another, whatever. I don't know if it's going to be on streaming services yet. If I can find it on streaming services, those links will be on the show notes. However, don't hesitate to take a look because I might just not have seen them. I am human somehow. So there you have it, guys. Uh, that is Bandaged by Ben Reed. Man, some great stuff. Let me uh, let me find out what else he's done because uh, I'm really a fan of this stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to my friends at Cherry Red Records for the opportunity to review this fantastic album. Uh, I really enjoy it. If you didn't get that through every damn thing I've said throughout this whole podcast. Fantastic. Thank you guys. We'll see you back on Wednesday for the regular weekly episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>